Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to connect here on Rise FM. This is The Session, and I'm Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, also known as the King of the Cranium, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation today about tips for becoming a better blended family. And uh, we're going to do that based on an article from Tanya T. Warrington. And you may occasionally hear us say something of her because she wrote this, obviously, this article. So if we say a she or a he, or, and it sounds like we're using the feminine gender, it's because it was written by a woman. So there, that's kind of the housekeeping part of that. Yeah, speaking of housekeeping, hope you had a great Thanksgiving in whatever form that took for you. So before we dive into all of this, Tom, let's uh, dive into God's Word. And let's do that, Scott. Out of Paul's writings in Romans 8.15, The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. We've been adopted as sons and daughters of the king. So what you're telling me is that we're part of a blended family. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Okay. I like that idea. All right, so five tips for becoming a blended family. And just by way of recap from last week, first thing is to dump shame and then exercise patience with relationship building, and accept your imperfect family. Contrary to popular opinion, there is not a perfect family out there. We move on now to number four. And remember, you can always go back and hear the first part of our conversation on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. Number four here, celebrate your growth as a stepmother, or we would I think extend that to a step parent. And I, this is a big one for us because it's right in our wheelhouse of the celebration of success. There we go. Oftentimes, Scott, being a stepmom felt comfortable for her, but sometimes I knew my husband's trust in my parenting skills was growing. Sometimes my stepchildren admitted they liked me or appreciated my help. Sometimes their mother would thank me for something I've done. And how powerful that is, because remember, it's like an outsider looking in, and to get that kind of, of pat on the back, that a bit of celebration, we really want to acknowledge because it builds confidence, it builds relationships, and more courage maybe to step out and do more. There's so much good that comes from the celebration of success. All those oxens and osens and things that just make you feel good about life in general. Get freed up and let loose in your system when, when you are celebrated, or even when you celebrate someone else. I think that's the flip side of this coin is to take a look at the person and say, how can I celebrate them 
right. so they feel better about the, their role in this step family. For one, to acknowledge it, but depending on the celebration, even asking them, this is really good and really big. How would you like to celebrate? Because, again, it extends ownership. It goes back to one of the fundamentals when I first began to study the celebration of success. As a teacher, I would get my students chocolate chip cookies to celebrate because they had done so well. I said, yeah, here, have a chocolate chip cookie because that was really awesome for what you did. Let's celebrate. Scott, I was shocked, absolutely shocked to find out. Some people don't like chocolate chip cookies. That's absolutely further proof that aliens are among us in our world today. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the water That's just right. about flew across the room. <laughs> <laughs> just about lost that one. Oh. I mean, how can how can you not like chocolate chip? How, how can you not like my grandmother's peanut butter cookies? There, yeah. I mean, come on now. Really? And so the... It also shows more ownership for the person being celebrated for them to say, you know what I really would like is some of your lemon meringue pie or your cherry pie or something that that they own it then. They know that that's going to happen. That also helps them make more decisions and build in their ability to do decision making. So there, there's the first thing here as we get going here today. Celebrate your growth Celebrate the success of it. Now, this next side is kind of where we could step in and be helpful to the step family, and that's to create a healthy community. And, Scott, so important. Be proactive about managing your marriage and family. When we're proactive versus reactive, we're taking steps toward health in our family. Otherwise, we just react to whoever messes up. And then your reaction is driven by anger or emotion, and it's not going to be very successful at all. That doesn't set you up for celebration of success. That sets you up for failure. There. Try to join a step family support group, and if there isn't one... Be proactive and... Create one. Way to go, Scott! (laughs) See, even the blind squirrel can find a nut sometimes. Yes, and we can celebrate that nut. (laughs) I'll take a chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) I don't blame you. It would be very helpful to visit a Step Family website so that you're gaining in knowledge. This is an age-old saying that knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have, the more power you have to do something that would be helpful. So just think about it with a step family. If you have, you learn from a step family website, now you're empowered to go out and do it. And you hear about one on Rise FM regularly with Ron Deal and Family Life Blended. He's an awesome individual. So we can also tell others about our experience, Scott, and invited both step and non-step families over for an evening to a meal. So, again, it's relationship building, and it also provides a support system. Again, you can begin to create your own support system right there. And it's something that that families can do. You know, it can be an easy thing to really kind of just, hey, why don't you come over? We'll have some coffee and pie, and, you know, we'll just get to know each other, and we'll talk about our families. Yeah. We'll brag on our kids. There. And then you start talking about you can build the step-family relationship. yeah, I've been sitting here looking at this as we've been sharing just here this little bit, and it just made me wonder how helpful it would be if maybe we don't understand the step family as much. Maybe, you know, like you and I were raised that the step family was really 
hmm, something's really, really wrong here. And there's, yeah. you know, it, the traditional family was all that in a bag of chips. Well, uh-huh. now in today's world, about a half of all families are blended families. So there are things that maybe you and I would not understand as a, as a traditional family that we could learn from the step family and maybe sitting down with them and, you know, how did you make this work? Yeah, what worked for you? What what a great thought. You know, there's, there's one example we've, we've talked about in, in history is you're coming from two different families that have two different sets of, of traditions. How does a, a, an individual feel when their tradition isn't kept? Kathy and I, for the first time this year, were discussing whether or not we were going to put up a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. My mom and sister go through that every year. Well, do we want to put it up? It's just the two of us. What we've come down to is, you know, we, we were thinking maybe we could get some kind of tabletop thing set in the front window because we are going to be in Texas. And so, like, what, well, what was the point? And yeah, then, why go to all the decorations if we're not going to be there to enjoy right. them? And so then her siblings began to talk about having the family Christmas, which is, will be the second one without my mother-in-law, without their mom. And so we definitely decided that we were going to have it at our house and we're going to decorate. And that gave Kathy motivation to want to do it. And I think this is, this is really great. In the past, some people have chosen not to. Oh, you know, I got to drag it out of the basement. I got to put the lights on it. And, you know, heaven forbid I put tensile on it. And, oh. <laughs> and what do you do when the lights don't work? When you plug them in and half of them are on, half of them are off. Yes. That drives me bananas, by the way. Oh, I bet. Mm. No, we could do anger management. Oh, there's an anger management show right there. Just some <laughs> Christmas decorations and ornaments. You betcha. <laughs> well, I, I, I bet the girls head for the hills when you are. There, There is a routine to how we do this. I put the tree up. Okay. I do the actual assembly thereof. Then I go to another room and watch a football game and they decorate. Okay. That just seems to work out better. I can vent while I'm putting the tree up, and yeah. then they can come do all the hanging mm. things, and I can just kind of <laughs> go watch a football game and not worry about it. Tradition at our house has always been the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now, that's Black Friday. Uh-huh. We would go and get a Christmas a, a tree. Li- yeah, the live, live tree, one. yeah. And, you know, most of the time— my job was to bring it out of the vehicle and put it in the uh, stand, and uh, Kathy would tighten down the, the stand. So it was got to be plumb. Got, yeah, got to be straight. Yeah, can't lean toward the Schmitz or toward the Joneses. It's got to be perfectly straight. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. See, there you go. Yeah. So here on the session, we're not talking about Christmas decorations. We're talking about becoming a better blended family. Yeah. And there are some reminders as we get toward the end of this today. Some reminders for, in, in the article written by Tanya T. Warrington, so reminders for stepmoms. But I think these transfer just as well to step parents in general. Yeah. I think uh-huh. we, can, we can do that. First one, Tom, pray for yourself, your marriage, your bio kids, your stepkids, and their mother. Yeah, you know, my first in- instinct there, Scott, is to think, 
you want to pray. You're so outnumbered right there. (laughs) (laughs) You want to pray for help. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So with God's power and love involved, you can build a step family that defies this statistical norms. There's two primary things that come to mind quickly about what sabotages or, or what hurts it. One is when anger is still present about the divorce. And that in itself can create issue with, I'm not going to cooperate. I'm not going to have family. So it's my will and not God's will. Well, if we really, that's, I don't know about this. I think I'm okay with it. God's will, we would say settling for second best in the divorce in the first place. God's will. Now, I, I also want to say that I don't want to see you get inundated with emails. <laughs> there are some reasons that are very clear divorce may be right, like yes. serious abuse and things like that. Yes. So we're, we're not saying necessarily that. But when we settle for God's second best, there are, it's second best because it's not going to go as well. There's going to be issue and problem. So anyway, the second one is the anxiety and fear of, I, won't, I don't want to mess this one up. I've messed up a, a marriage and a family already. So they're overzealous. You know, that's getting into the microwave mentality again. Mm-hmm. That becomes really important that if we put God first, we understand it's a fallen and damaged world and we want to rely on him in the step family, the blending family, the probabilities definitely go up. Absolutely. All right, second one, don't assume that you know what your stepkid's mother thinks of you or what she's telling her kids about you. Kids aren't always accurate as a recorder or a reporter. I love that. They, they, yeah, and <laughs> they will basically say what they think their parent wants to hear oftentimes. That's where they're not so accurate. But when we assume what we're actually doing is happening there is you're trying to project what you think, your perception, my stepchildren's mom must be thinking this. Because I'm thinking it. So you've assumed and identified her having the same issues you do. What if she doesn't have those issues? If you're angry and you're assuming she's angry, then, you know, what's going to happen there? You're walking in looking for trouble. Yeah. yeah, It's not going to go well. Again, not a celebration of success, a setup failure. This is where Scripture, when I have said to my clients over the years, Do you want to be in God's will? Oh, yeah, 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 I really do. God's will is written in his word, subject-specific. If we're talking about anger, what does Scripture say about anger? That being in God's will is, is following what it says about anger. If it's fear, what does God's word say about fear? And when we try to follow what God's Word says about fear, we are in in His will. So what does that mean to the step family? It's relying on our own strength that, hey, I'm angry about this. I'm hurt by this. This is not what I I wanted. That plays into what goes on in terms of the battle that's going to be assumed and maybe not even thought of in the first place. It's going to happen. Don't assume the problem until the problem exists. Yeah. 
If you, yeah. if you if you just let the idea come into your head, and this is a struggle for me. You know, we've talked about the battlefield of the mind, mm-hmm. and the idea that well, just because I'm thinking it, right? Well, no, wait a minute. I'm just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean it's true. And if it's and if it is not true, then it's a lie from the pit of hell, and I need to reject it in Jesus' name and put it out where the light is. That's true. Absolutely. A key fundamental that the pastor who led me to the Lord as a young teenager would say. Tom, it's real simple. It's either from God or it's not. If it's not from God, then it is from the pit. It might be disguised and it look like it, but it's still from the pit. If it's not part of what God would say in his word, we can count on it being from the enemy. So we want to be on guard. How many places in Scripture is, does it say to be on guard against the enemy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, the the third one. Let go of proving you know what is best for another woman's biological children. This goes back to what you said earlier about maybe things didn't go so well in your first marriage, so you're hypersensitive to everything, and you've got all the answers. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah, that's true. Keep your end goal in mind, which would be like a vision. The vision can have long-term goals. You're going to have short-term goals. You can have goals of the week. The whole point there is that's over a long period of time. You know, when I was at Ohio State, first quarter, first class, I'm thinking the vision is I'm going to survive this so I can look my dad in the eye and say, see, I told you I was going to graduate from Ohio State. That was a vision. But it was a three-year vision, three-and-a-half-year vision. I did it in a little over three years. I went straight. I got so focused and momentum building that I didn't do it in four years. I did it in three. It was cheaper that way, too. (laughs) 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 But but that was, so that's a vision. You know, Heritage started out with a vision when I knew I was leaving teaching to become a, a counselor. Well, that was four years before it really began to have any form to it. So when she's saying, keep your end goal in mind, well, how about a vision that, of what it's going to be like and how it will feel to someday connect with these stepchildren when we look at them more as maybe adult friends, the potential there, and maybe as adults they might realize all the things you did for them. That's because really important. Mm. You're building a loving home, not a courthouse. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so when we realize that we want an environment, a culture in the home that's loving and caring, that's what's going to happen. To me, I think that's really critically important. Number four, forgive your kid's stepmother when she treats her own children in a way you dislike. That almost sounds like meddling to me. Because? I I don't know. Maybe it's just the way it's said. I, I don't know. Just to let go of the forgiving, just the idea of for. No, I'm nuts. The more I look at it, we're supposed to forgive. We're called to forgive. Right. It's just the idea of forgiving someone else for the way they treat their kids. Your own kids. I think is what that said, didn't it? Forgive your kid's stepmother when she treats her own children in a way you yeah, dislike. Yeah, right. Okay. I guess that's what I first, it's kind of like my dander was up when, well, if a a mom mistreats her kids, I should get upset. Mm -hmm. Well, now, wait a minute. 
unless they're physically abusing them or endangering them, it's none of my business. Well, and that's the hard part because yeah. you love the children, you want to help the children. That that becomes problematic at times, and and so you know, uh, people will treat or raise their children differently, and I think it suggests that they do it mostly based on how they were parented. Mm-hmm. And what really is difficult to wrap your mind around, some people don't connect the dots between I'm raising my children the way I was raised. However, I didn't like how I was raised. I didn't feel good in how I was raised. But sometimes they need too close to the forest to see the trees. And that happens. And you go, oh. Oh, yeah, you know what? I didn't like it when that happened to me. I wonder how my child feels. So, How can I do it differently so they don't feel like I did? Right. When we talk about the generational curse and breaking the chains of the generational curse, what an incredible blessing to be set free and, and to know the truth and the truth of what Scripture says, the truth about Jesus and how it ignites a family we can break those chains of history that were there and the generational curse. And there can be life. I am so thankful to this day. Kathy and I are so thankful that the uh, generational curse did not continue in me. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of work for that to happen. It did. But praise the Lord. I, I will always be thankful that he gave me a, a feeling early on. I just had this sense... Sometimes I think I, I don't have it as much as an adult as I did growing up when I was experiencing what my dad and my brother were doing. I'm like, I don't want any part of that. I didn't know there's something really wrong with that. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. And I wouldn't participate. Now I understand why. Yeah. Number five, don't say anything critical about your stepkid's mom when there's even a remote chance of the kids overhearing it. That's true. Scott, it simply isn't worth it. You would emotionally wound the child with that critical comment. And it will also sabotage any potential for relationship you would have with that exactly. child. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah, because if they accidentally hear it. And, you know, they children hear a lot more than we give them credit for hearing, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just don't know how to process telling you what they really think about it yet. Yeah. Yeah, for Especially sure. Especially in the younger ones. Number six, don't try to be the best stepmom in the world. Yeah, this is important. You'll have good days and bad days. We all do. The only people in life, Scott, who have good and bad days are those who are breathing. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's going to happen. Yeah. There, there's going to be great days where everything goes well and you go to bed and look at your spouse and go, wow, that went well. Yeah. And there are going to be other days at the end of the day you go to bed with your spouse and go, what were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my word, yes. That's, yeah. it, you, give, you, give yourself a break. Yeah, right. You know, give yourself a break. So that's there you have it at last. The five tips for becoming a blended family. 
and you'll be able to read the show notes for all of this uh, on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. And uh, Tom, if someone needs to start a conversation going into the holidays, you know, going into Christmas time, uh, the idea of the negotiation that needs to take place, the little the dance that has to take place between bio parents and step parents and mm-hmm. blended families and the other families. And then there's all the extra grandparents right? sometimes. So um, maybe sitting down could provide some, uh, some focus, some direction. How could right. they get a hold of Tom and start that conversation? Well, if you know, the life coach in me can be reached at heritage Christian counseling ministries.com. And if you've got a topic for us to cover on the session, Please let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can email that to me, scott at risefmohio.com. Thanks for joining us tonight for the session. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 